let us pray. <coughs> let us pray together. Lord, in this season of land, we feel like we stand before the Jordan River going into the wilderness. We feel like we stand before the river again on earth. This morning, we thank you for pouring out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. Oh Lord, you give us the word that the wilderness, if it is the wilderness, that if it comes from you, it's a lot better than any other place, any other than the temple, any other better place. There's no better place than the wilderness. If you are in there, oh Lord, even I will go into holy unrest. It would be a lot better than false rest that the world tries to give to me, O oh Lord. Yes. Your holy unrest is a lot better than the rest that the world gives to me, yes. gives to us, O oh Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Please open our hearts so that we may hear your words without doubt, but with faith, O oh Lord, so that we may respond to your words faithfully. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, today, <clears throat> our reading comes from uh, Psalm 95. Uh, this psalm is actually uh, very hard to understand, frankly speaking. And I thought uh, for a while that, uh, did, uh, should I tell Lisa that, would you preach on that and I'll preach on something else? <laughs> but Lisa already preached on Psalm 32, uh, which says, I'm born guilty. So. <laughs> It was a lot harder than this. <laughs> and I thought, I, you know, I pray to the Lord, have mercy on me. But I'm not going to give you any other commands, any other explanation about this text, the context, because it's hard. So I just want you to hear the word of God, the way it speaks to you this morning. Um, hear the word of God. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rug of our salvation. Let us come into God's presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also gods. The sea is gods, for God made it. And the dry land which God's hands have formed. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For the Lord is our God. And we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would listen to God's voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof though they had seen my work. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said they are people whose hearts go astray and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger, I swore they shall never enter my rest. This is the word of God uh, for us people of God. Thanks be God. We have just read Psalm 95. How did it sound? <laughs> You shall never, you shall not enter my rest. Oh, Psalm 95 is very difficult to understand um, because as it seems to have two themes in it, praise and warning. It starts with a hospitable invitation from the Lord. It says, come, let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. Come, let's get into God's presence with thanksgiving. God is our rock, God is our redeemer. God is the maker of all, right? 
God made the sea and the mountains, even the highest heights of the earth, even the deepest earth of the world, are in God's hands. They all belong to God, right? So it says, like, let's kneel down, let's kneel before the Lord, and remember, we are sheep, we are God's sheep, and God is our shepherd. Sheep knows the masters, the, the shepherds, the boys. So let's listen to God's voice. Do not harden your heart. <laughs> what does it sound like? If my friend, for example, invites me to his, uh, his house, if his mom says, say you do not harden your heart. Last time when you came to my house, like you did this, 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 this. Like I do not feel welcomed here, right? I would feel rejected by my friend's mom. And I feel like this. Frankly speaking, oh Lord, I feel like I feel rejected. I came here with excitement to praise you, but you say, do not hurt in your heart. It's kind of hard. It's very, very hard to understand. And it seems like God, you know, brings up some bad memories that these people even do not want to remember, right? It's kind of hard, right? So kind of we may have some questions about what happened at Mariva and Masa, right? So Masa means testing, Mariva means curling. So Masa and Mariba were the names given to the place where the Israelites felt deep thirsty, deeply thirsty, and asking Moses to, you know, asking God to, uh, to give them water through Moses. And the Moses hit a rock with the staff he used to hit the Nile River to turn it into the blood when they first came out of Egypt. So Moses did it and the water came out. So that was the story, and God was standing on the, on the rock. So God demonstrated God's power and presence among them. So like, a, I think about like, does feeling thirsty, I mean, is this something bad? It's not bad. It's like a natural thing, it's a natural human thing. Remember, even Christ said on the cross, I'm thirsty. Even Christ asked for something to drink, right? It's not wrong if Christ did, right? It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Even Christ did it on the cross. It's not wrong at all. But then what was the problem? The problem is, like long story short, they used their thirst as a tool to test God's presence among them. But unlike them, Christ didn't use, didn't use his thirst as a tool or weapon, as a weapon to quarrel with God, no. Christ cried out, I'm thirsty. Because Christ knew there was God the Father who was listening to his voice. His thirst demonstrated God's presence among them, right? But there was a big difference. And also second, like, I want to ask another question. Just think about like, when they were in Egypt, when they were in the, uh, in the place called Egypt, um, like when they didn't feel any thirst at all, when they didn't uh, feel any hungry at all, did they ask the question, is God among us? They didn't that ask that question when their needs were met, right? They didn't ask the question. But when they didn't have something they needed, they asked the question, is God among us? 
is God among us? I think that that tells us something, how uh, deceitful they were. Again, let me clear, um, let me be clear on this. Friends, if you are thirsty, you can ask God to give you water. If you feel hungry, you can ask God, oh Lord, fill me with your spirit. If you you feel loneliness, you can ask God to give me friends. Give me Lisa and Kiana. (laughs) You can can tell it like that. That's all fine. It's just all fine. That's all fine, right? That's that's kind of uh, all fine. But you should ask yourself, okay? But when I have friends, we're going to have, gonna have a Kiana and Elisa, and I don't need to even you know, call my friends because whenever I come to serve, they are there. <laughs> and my mom was with me for two months, and she literally, as Jesus did, she fed me, healed me, and ate with me. <laughs> when my mom was with me, did I ask, is God with me? If I didn't ask those questions, which means that I have some self-deception, in my asking, in my asking, right? So that's the point. And my brothers and sisters, I also want to ask these questions to yourself. Where are you now? Where are you? Is everything going well now? Or do you feel some needs? Where are you now? Do you ask the same question whether you are inconvenient or you are not? If we ask the same question, when we are fluent, we tend, to, we tend to not to ask the question, where is God? When, uh, we, uh, when we are harmed, we ask, we ask the Lord the question, where are you, oh Lord? Where are you? But when we, when we harm others, we do not ask the question, right? We do, not ask, we do not ask the question. But that's the point we should remember. Brothers and sisters, if you do not ask those questions, feeling affluent, feeling satisfied, it's better to leave that place than go into the wilderness. It's better uh, to leave where you feel restful instead it's better to go into the wilderness full of unrest full of unrest. Holy unrest is a lot better than false rest, right? Right? Because holy unrest is the one that God gives to us. You shall not enter my rest. Okay, wait for unrest. Wait for unrest. I read Psalm 95 like that. I read Psalm 95 like that. It's still the words of God's grace to me. These people who complained to the Lord, they came out of Egypt. Have you ever been to Egypt? Okay, I, I traveled to uh, Egypt. There was a, a place called Luxo. There are a lot of tombs or something like temple, like pyramid or something like that. It's huge and it's huge. It's huge. They lived in uh, Egypt for a long time. And I think the Israelites got accustomed to finding God's presence in some temples or some buildings like that in the past. But when they came out of Egypt, they could not see any tangible signs of God's presence among them. That was a kind of problem. Instead, what did they do? 
Whenever they moved to a new place, they set up a tabernacle. And then when they moved to a new place, they take it down, right? So God called them to, you know, uh, to accept the tabernacle tradition than the temple tradition when God called them out of Egypt. And, and today's audience, the, 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 the audience of Psalm 95, you know, the, the, the people who listened to uh, God's voice were <clears throat> the people who just came out of the Babylonian captivity. We call them uh, post-exiled people. Who are they? Like, uh, they came out of uh, Jerusalem. They got accustomed to uh, finding God's presence where in the temple, the temple that Solomon built. So they used to find God's presence only there. They didn't think that God was everywhere, unless there were uh, prophets who knew God's presence even outside the temple. But that was a kind of a problem. So God's concern was what? When you felt satisfied, when you felt safe, either in Jerusalem or Egypt, you didn't ask those questions to me. But now you're in the wilderness. You know, both the Israelites and the Jewish people, the exiled Jewish people, they are both living in times between their home and not home. But they are likely to complain to the Lord because they do not have enough. They do not have something they really, that they really want to have. That is kind of problem. Brothers and sisters, do you find yourself in your story? Frankly speaking, uh, this, now I'm going to confess my sin. <laughs> I'm going to repent of my sins as it lands. Um, I think God has worked for me in this way. God led me through the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> when I practiced, I didn't like that, but. Um, <clears throat> I was born and raised in South Korea. Um, <clears throat> you probably know nowadays, like, you know, there are a lot of Korean stuff outside, like K-dramas, K-pop. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure whether you know BTS or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure about whether uh, you, um, you have ever eaten like kimchi or something like that, or bulgogi or, you know, some good Korean places here. Or like, I'm not a big fan of the physical 100, but Squid Game is not, I'm a big fan of that, they are so violent or violent. But anyway, <laughs> that's kind of big, but the problem is that they did not actually tell the reality. They did, does not represent everything, all things in Korea, right? Yeah. And some people may say, oh yeah, I mean, Korea is now this kind of cool country, something like that. But when you look into the, the society, it's not like that. Because of its base culture called Confucianism, of which principles, you know, whose principles can be differently interpreted in a way of supporting racism, homophobia, homogeneity, um, or what else, and hierarchy and patriarchy. Like, uh, Korea, Korean society is a quite closed society. But the problem is, in me. When I look at myself, um, like a power sometimes works with multiple layers, right? Class, gender, um, um, and like a 
Why is that? Class gender, I forgot that. Yeah, a race, right, class gender race. So I'm Korean. Um, I'm male person, right? And uh, I'm straight, right? In South Korea, and also I'm middle class as well, I'm kind of a, like a Korean norm in Korean society. <laughs> and uh, did I tell you that uh, I'm a son of bishop? It's not, you know, it's a SOB though, it's different. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm proud of SOB, I'm very proud. My father didn't make any problems, like he retired, he's gonna retire soon, so. So I'm quite privileged in South Korea. I'm part of the majority in South Korea. So I didn't ask much, where is God? Is God among us, among my family? I didn't ask the question. I didn't ask that question. <laughs> but what happened? In 2015, I moved to the States. Just in 14 hours, I became a minority, Asian male. I never identified myself as Asian. I'm Korean. <laughs> I'm not Chinese, I'm not Japanese, I'm Korean. Yeah. But here, right after the landing here, I'm considered as like Asian, like brown eyes, like black hair. The radical dislocation, I believe it was not coincidence. God called me into the wilderness. That sounds weird. This is America, the most affluent, most powerful country, but I found my wilderness here. I found my wilderness here in the States. I was struggling. I was so accustomed to having power. I didn't even, like, I'd say, like, oh, I used to have a lot of international student friends. How did it sound? You know, how does it sound in the American life, you know? People like to tend to say, like, oh, I have a lot of like, Korean friends, Japanese friends, like, I'm, I'm kind of like cultural competent or something like that. You know? yeah. Probably, I, I would say like that in Korea if I were in Korea, right? It was so hard. It was kind of hard, radical uh, dislocation. It was so hard, a lot of unrest. But I believe that God has opened my eyes. I was so blind to many things. I was so blind to many things I took, you know, I took granted for. But God opened my eyes. I went to, uh, my first appointment a month was in a Tabor City. I'm not sure how many of you know where Tabor City uh, is. It is on the way to Moravici from Lali. Uh, that church had some reputation, like uh, they changed their pastors every other year or every year. But I was there for four years. I was the first pastor who was there uh, for more than three years, like for like tw in 20 years or something. So I survived there and even went through the pandemic there. But you know what? There were only like five Asian people. I was the only one Korean. The other uh, four were Chinese people who ran the Chinese restaurant. Literally, I didn't have any friend, I didn't have any you know, family member to talk to there. It was so hard. Yeah. Then I asked the Lord, where are you, God? Yeah. 
where are you going? Then I thought, like, uh, okay, honestly speaking, I thought the, the conference would be, uh, you know, send me you know, somewhere, like, uh, better than the first one. So I, I moved to Burlington, um, you know, I'm not sure you have been to Burlington. Burlington has some Asian population there, and it's close to Durham. And I got there, but I had to leave the church just in six months because the church disaffiliated from the UMC. It was so harsh. I was pretty really bad. I really was literally verbally like attacked. Who knew when I left for the stage, I would fight for my queer friends to the point of being kicked out in six months. Thanks be to God. God took me down and sent me up again in the stage, which is my wilderness. But I give thanks to the Lord. God brought me into holy arrest. Oh Lord, my hearts were hardened. My hearts were hardened, oh Lord. I was not eligible for your holy arrest. Oh Lord, would you give me your holy arrest? That's enough. I'm going into the holy wilderness. It's better than the restful place for me because you are setting me again. You took me down and you sent me up again. You are tabernacling with me, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I do not complain. I remember when I first came to the, the start, strangely every Sunday, it was so hard to prevent myself uh, from not crying. Each every word Lisa and Kiana spoke touched my heart. Lisa preached one day, we're not gonna go back the way we came here. We're gonna go forward, not the way we came here. We're gonna go forward in the new way. In the new way. God has been tabernacling with me, O oh Lord. Thanks be to God, O oh Lord. Brothers and sisters, where are you now? Are you in the wilderness? Or are you in a place where you do not even need to, you do not even feel like you have to ask some questions to the Lord? Where are you? Where are you? If you stand before the Jordan River, remember even holy unrest, the holy unrest that is coming from the Lord is way better than false rest that you may enjoy. Ask that question to the Lord in this season of land. That's okay. Anywhere you're going toward eternal rest, the day of Easter will come. The day of Easter will come. We may go through the wilderness, but day of Easter will come. Amen.